the Financial Times in London, I'm John Murray Brown, and this is FT News. Ireland has a new Prime Minister, an openly gay son of an Indian immigrant father. Leo Varadkar, the 38-year-old leader of the right-of-centre Fine Gael party, is creating a lot of interest at home and internationally. This week he named his cabinet with some surprises. With me to discuss what this all means for Ireland is the FT's Dublin correspondent, Vincent Boland. Vincent, firstly, how much of a change does Mr Varadkar really represent? He represents a generational change, John, more than a policy change. Uh, He is, as you say, 38 years old. So he's the youngest prime minister in the Republic's history, the youngest Taoiseach. And I think his tone will be different as well. So he is very much part of a new generation of politicians that has come to the fore inside Fine Gael, which is the centre-right party that is in the minority government here. And he is surrounded by relatively young allies, some of whom he has appointed to the cabinet. But I think that it's primarily a generational and stylistic change, because it will be very difficult to change anything more substantial in terms of policy, because, you know, because Ireland is pretty sort of fixed in terms of policy, because it's in the Eurozone, because of Brexit and a whole range of things that are happening. But I think that um, internally, it, it, you know, he is part of a sort of younger more liberal, more diverse, more progressive country that has emerged over the last 20 years. I recall when he first entered Parliament, he was something of a, of a right-winger, um, sometimes described as a Thatcherite. Is that um, still a fair characterization of his outlook? <laughs> as the man himself said in, in the Parliament yesterday, uh, I have, you know, I, my, my views have evolved. I think he is not the young kind of right-wing, bogeyish ideologue that he was in his younger days, partly because he's had some real-world experience as Minister for Social Welfare, as Minister for Health, you know, two very high-spending departments of uh, an Irish government. So he has toned that down a bit, but he still is, in economic terms, he is pretty much, you know, he's in favour of tighter public spending. He wants to see more capital investment rather than current spending, using money in a different way here. So although he has moderated his views, I think that there could be greater emphasis on um, on reining in public spending and increasing uh, spending on infrastructure and capital programmes to the extent that, that Ireland can do so within the EU fiscal rules. And on the two other big issues facing Ireland, the UK's exit from the European Union is one, obviously, and then the, the stalemate in Northern Ireland. What sort of position, what sort of direction do you think Mr Varadkar will take on those two issues? Well, Brexit is by far the biggest uh, policy challenge right across the range of government here. It has been consuming the um, in previous Taoiseach Enda Kenny, who, re- who retired a couple of days ago. He took up almost all of his time. I think Leo Varadkar will find the very same thing. He has appointed Simon Coveney, foreign minister. Uh, Coveney was his rival for the leadership of Fine Gael, um, and this is a plum job that he has given him, but he has also given him special responsibility for Brexit. And I think that what you will see is, you know, a bit more focus on the practical threats of Brexit, on the on the political challenges of Brexit, particularly in the context of Northern Ireland, perhaps even a more assertive stance on Brexit relative to the to the UK government, because I think that the government here and Leo Varadkar and Simon Coveney both will find themselves under more pressure from Fianna Fáil in the opposition here, but also from Sinn Féin, which is the um, you know one of the two big parties in Northern Ireland, to assert an all-Ireland response to Brexit that has been half-formed by, by Enda Kenny, but I think needs to be taken further in order to, to balance the whole Brexit argument in Northern Ireland, particularly now that the Democratic Unionists appear to be um, about to go into some kind of formal alliance with the Conservative Party to prop up minority government. And does he have any particular links with British politicians or with 
British political parties? Um, any experience of negotiating um, on the Northern Ireland issue? Well, neither he nor Simon Coveney has, has evinced much interest, um, certainly up to now, in their political careers in Northern Ireland. However, he is relatively close to Arlene Foster, who is the DUP leader in the North. And uh, they worked together relatively well, I think, and harmoniously when they were both responsible for tourism in their respective administrations, uh, Leo Varadkar in the government here and Arlene Foster in the um, executive in Northern Ireland. And after he became leader of Fine Gael a couple of weeks ago, one of the first people to call him to congratulate him was actually Arlene Foster. And she's also coming to Dublin tomorrow uh, to see him. It'll be his, the first meeting he'll, he'll have with a non-republic uh, leader since he became Taoiseach. So I think that there is a degree of, of um, meeting of minds there. I think they get on well together and uh, it augurs well, or at least you know, reasonably well for his ability to, to shape things in Northern Ireland and, and to make the Dublin voice heard in Belfast. And so he's named his cabinet this week. Uh, you've mentioned a few of the appointments there. But on the economy, Pascal Donoghue, what do we know about uh, him? Pascal Donoghue has been the Minister for Public Expenditure in the government here for the last several years. So he's very much, he's very familiar with the whole finance portfolio. What uh, Leo Varadkar has done is to merge the Department of Public Spending with the Department of Finance in the kind of overall finance umbrella. So Pascal Donoghue is really, you know, at the top of a kind of super ministry almost. And I think that he is not only very familiar with the portfolio, but he's also quite well known to investors and foreign companies coming in to, to invest in this country because he has been on he has met a lot of them over the last few years he has a real i think understanding of the uh, of, of the post presents very well to sort of non-specialist audiences again to the extent that any government in dublin has any kind of fiscal room for manoeuvre outside of the EU fiscal rules. I think there may be a bit more emphasis on trying to target public spending more efficiently in big public spending ministries like health, education and welfare, because there is a lot of, um, a lot of duplication, a lot of waste, and I think that he's very focused on trying to curb that. And Enda Kenny, uh, Mr. Varadkar's predecessor, I think you've written about explaining that he was given more credit internationally, abroad, uh, for what he's achieved in turning around the Irish economy than perhaps sometimes he gets at home. But will Varadkar, will Mr. Varadkar see a sort of an improvement in the party's polling, do you think, as a result of his appointment? I think that it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, he, he has been very popular with his own MPs and with the um, parliamentary party and with elected representatives of Fine Gael around the country. But interestingly, the third pillar of the electoral college that uh, chose him as the, as the leader of Fine Gael was made up of regular members, and two-thirds of those voted for Simon Coveney. So he doesn't have the sort of grassroots support out there that um, Enda Kenny enjoyed or that Simon Coveney enjoyed. So I think that's going to be a challenge for him. There will be an election at some point. I mean, he has neither a mandate nor a majority. Fine Gael is in a minority in Parliament. It's, uh, it has um, a couple of independent MPs in the Cabinet and is backed by a loose alliance of independent MPs. And also, crucially, it has a confidence and supply arrangement with Fianna Fáil, on whose goodwill it really depends for its entire existence. So at some point, that arrangement will probably come to an end, at which point there will be an election, and that will be the big challenge for him. And lastly, Vincent, do you think um, Leo Varadkar's um, accession to the Premiership marks, in a way, the end of civil war politics, as it's sometimes described? No. I think differences between Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil are cultural and <clears throat> philosophical. 
as much as they are political. And I think that when the election was held in February last year and the outcome was inconclusive, there was a lot of talk of, of perhaps it's time for Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil to, to merge. But actually, the differences between them are very much like the differences between the Christian Democrats and the Social Democrats in Germany. And even, you know, a coalition between them, I think, is, is actually unthinkable at the moment. If there was going to be one, it probably would have been last February or in February of last year. So I don't think it's the end of civil war politics, but, but in, the, in the sense that it, it's represented by two different parties, those parties will continue. But the whole idea of the civil war, I mean, people, you know, if you stop young people on the street, they have no idea what you're talking about. So it doesn't represent the civil war anymore. It just represents a kind of centre-right, centre-left division in Irish politics that I think will endure. OK, so I think we're looking into a very interesting period in Irish politics and uh, this new man on the European political stage uh, we will watch with interest. Thank you, Vincent. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.